Looking to learn ways to increase your income, save on taxes, or become a more successful real estate investor? Feel like you're lacking the knowledge and skills to make it big? That's about to change right here, right now. Welcome to RobNet's Real Estate Rundown. I'm your host, Shannon RobNet, and this is where you gear up with the most valuable and actionable advice from the industry's top minds. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, this podcast is designed to help you build your skills, boost your knowledge, and turn you into a confident real estate investor. Let's get into the show. So I'm with my friend, John Weber, and we're really just going to be talking today more of an in-depth journey on what your real estate experience has been, what your journey's been, how you got here, where your future is going, what you're developing, all the goodies that so often we get busy in our lives and we just don't have time to talk about or make relatable to people out there wondering, what in the world are you doing? So, John, just take a minute and if you would, just start us where your real estate journey started how you got involved in it, because those of us that know you, you're this super successful real estate agent that's got it all on the rails. You're doing deals all the time. But wasn't always like that, was it? You weren't Hardly. just born super realtor. Hardly. Right? No, realtor, the word realtor was not even, not only was it not on my radar, it was, I guess I could say I was the antithesis of a realtor. And in fact, I swore, my best friend was a realtor and I swore I would never be a realtor. So if you take me back like 20 years ago, yeah. you would I would not even believe in a million years I'm where I am today. So one of those, if you say you're not going to do it, it's what it's, life tells be you. Be careful what you yeah, say. Exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. I was eating crow for a long yeah. time. Yeah. You know, I had had a couple of really bad experiences with real estate in general and all, real estate investing and also being around real estate agents. And I swore I'd never touch that arena. Okay. So when you talk about a bad experience, yeah. tell us about one of those bad experiences and why why it wasn't great. On the real estate agent front, we just happened to have a couple of poor experiences with working with real estate agents. So really customer Back service. early in the day as my own buyer, being, right. you know, working as a buyer, working as a seller and employing realtors. And mm -hmm. so it just too bad. I won't get into those stories, sure. but sure. it really put a bad taste in my mouth. And I thought I not only I never do this again. I'll probably just never work with a realtor to sell my right. own property again. Right. That's where it was. And you know, that that's a that's <laughs> such a common story, right? Yeah. Even today you and I hear that. But it really comes down to what is the experience level of the person? What is the type of transaction that you're doing and do they have experience doing that? And really just old-fashioned customer service. Am I wrong? Oh, you're not wrong at all. And one thing that really helped me break through that and overcome, I should say, it changed my mind on that, is later I did have a very positive experience with a realtor. So she's listening. I admit you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that really changed my mind. In fact, it was that realtor who actually put the idea in my mind to get my real estate license finally with her encouragement. So I really appreciate that. Are we going to name that realtor? Yeah, Kim, if you're out there, you just amaze me and you're a wonderful role model. Thank you for being my realtor. When you had a positive experience and you're looking at it going, okay, this is something that people do all the time. And yeah. a lot of people have positive experiences. There's unfortunately still a lot that still have bad experiences. They don't get the customer right. service. So if that was the motivation and, and looking at that, how did you decide that after Kim had told you, you should really look at doing this, what really motivated you once that seed was planted to 
pursue a real estate career as a realtor. It wasn't so much that I love real estate between you and I. We we were real estate investors. Okay. Love that part. So you were already real researched. estate investors. Okay. Yeah. So that's a whole other part of the story. Right. Right. But what happened was I was I had a short stint as a school teacher. I was teaching school and I found out I'm unemployable. Mm. Yeah. I Welcome know you can club. relate. Welcome to the club, right? <laughs> I was teaching school, which I thought, oh, I can do this. It fits my kids' schedule. My kids were in elementary school at the time right. and it's all gonna work out. But then what I learned really quickly is that I had a boss. Yeah. I had a board of directors watching yep. over the teachers. Yeah. Complaining about how easy teachers made it or had it. And I was between four walls from seven thirty to, to four o'clock every single day and missing right. out on real estate investor deals right? and not being able to go to my kids' band concerts. And I realized very quickly this was not going to last for the okay. next 20 years. Okay. So very short stint in teaching. But yeah. so let's back up. What got you started in real estate investing? Okay. Real estate investing is an interesting journey because my husband was pro real estate investing way before I was. And I was scaredy cat wife <laughs> that thought it was risky. It was something, nothing I'd grown up with. My parents were not fans of real estate investing. I was scared of risk right. at that time. And sure. so he was constantly proposing deals to us early in our marriage. And we bought our primary house. We pushed ourselves, bought another house. So we were getting into the game, but I was scared at every deal he brought my way. And then finally he brought me kicking and screaming 20 years ago to buy our first property. Okay. So we can say that he's pretty good at sales then. He's great he's, at sales. He's not only got you from got, the investing side, got now it's Miriam, you know, yep, the whole yep. thing. So now it's your full time employment as well. Yeah. When you were looking at that, and everybody that I talk to, there's always one reluctant partner. And there's often one partner that is so reluctant that they're like a boat anchor, right? They're holding him back and they're not wanting it. And there comes this point that, okay, drug you kicking and screaming to the deal. <laughs> Did he have to drag you kicking and screaming to the next deal? No. Okay. You, so what happened there? Once you see there? it, you can't unsee it, Shannon. There you go. <laughs> you saw behind the curtain. And what did you see? I saw just that little bit of equity in a property. Yep. Chipping in, chipping down the mortgage as the tenant paid the rent. Right. That's all I saw. Right. I didn't care we made any money. We really didn't make any money. Right. We still own that property today. Then you've made money. Yeah, we've you've made, made equity, right? <laughs> we've made right? money. Yeah. Exactly. Now we're yeah. Today's self is so glad that decision happened. Right. But it's just pretty ironic. We laugh about it all the time that he was gung ho, and then I'm the one who wound it making a full time profession. Right. I'm sure it's just laughable for you, huh? Yeah. Yes, honey, you're right. <laughs> it's so funny because most of what I do in my life is to find something that is going to be an asset that appreciates, that has value to others and then get somebody else to pay for it, mm -hmm. which is really the crux of real estate investing, right? Whether you're in industrial or retail or even movie theaters, right? Their whole business model is built on creating a building and getting people to pay for that experience. Right. And so once you saw that, then you guys have evolved from there. You still had a journey oh, beyond, like we bought a couple properties yep. and you still don't wanna be a realtor. Correct. Yeah, no. It this was... is some hardcore resistance. <laughs> it, it was. My, my first career was a corporate meeting planner. Quit my job when I had my son. Right, had, was able to be home with my kids when they were real little. So that was a huge blessing. They started school. I thought, what else should I do? But do something that matches with the kids' schedule. And that's what got me into teaching, mm -hmm. which is not the reason one should get into te teaching, by the way, if you're considering it. Yeah. And those kids were awesome. I loved getting the hugs, but I did not like like I said, having all of the constraints around it. Yeah. 
So no, but we did some casual real estate investing, I would say, for several years, had a few properties. Mm -hmm. But there was, you can look back to your life when there's those certain turning points where things just change and you have that inkling that something is changing rapidly and it's the catalyst for how your life is going to change trajectory. And we had an experience like that during the recession. Okay. So you're talking 08, 09? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, yep. And you got into real estate at that time? Not quite yet. Oh, no. Still not ready. No, that's not still, ready. Still not ready. Here's what happened. My husband was working for a corporation. I was staying at home, one income, mm-hmm. and things got real during mm-hmm. the recession as yeah. we all experienced in one right. way or the other. Right. You, ex- I know your story, Shannon. Yeah. yeah. So it, it got very real. And we had one property that we had turned into a rental when we moved out of area once. And it was negative cash flow, $800 a month. Mm. And the thought of us losing a substantial part of our income and then carrying that extra 800 which was a huge amount to us at the time right. as a young family that got scary. And I had this thought, what if we sell that property? We know it's the low of the market. It was 2011. If we sell at the low of the market, but we've got a little equity. And I think maybe I can take that and turn it into something that cash flows. Right. If we could take that negative 800, right. make it positive 800, that's going to make the whole difference. Even positive 200. Of us being able to sleep at night. Yeah. Even positive 200 is a $1,000 swing. Yeah, exactly. So, and the stress that was. So yeah. is that what got you into real estate? That's Full That time? was the catalyst. It was bit by bit, but that was the turning point. We'd sold that property at the low. It's less than $300,000 we sold that property for on five acres, you guys. So we've made mistakes, but we sold it, took our little bit of equity and bought two rentals in Boise Mm -hmm. because rentals were like five cents back then, it feels like now. (laughs) Buy one, get one free. (laughs) It really were. (laughs) Almost. And turn that into positive. And that's, again, those are the things that you always learn, right? I don't know too many people in real estate that can say they've been in real estate and haven't made mistakes. Oh gosh. Haven't done something where... They did a deal, but the great thing about real estate is there's two things. One, time will heal most of those. Mm-hmm. And now you're looking back on what would have happened if you'd have kept that. But the other side of that is is also the side that looks at it and says, what can I do to unwind this? Because if you're buying real estate correctly or you're doing it the way that it's supposed to be done, there's a lot of times when the market changes, but you're still able to go, okay, I can survive this. I can undo this transaction. I can do things other than what some people did and not a lot. When you really look at statistically how many people in the bottom of the market walked away from houses, Mm -hmm. there really wasn't that many that you can, you have the ability to get past that. So even going through the worst, the negative, the sale at the bottom of the market, turning that into positive, it sounds like all that did was reinforce your love of real estate, your understanding of it, that, wow, this really can be a crazy great vehicle for us. Right, right. And that's when I got into learning mode, right, during that time. And I was, um, once that got started, you couldn't turn me off of learning and thinking. And we did buy several properties during the recession, Mm -hmm. which was obviously, looking back, was a game changer in our financial future. Right. She bought about 10 times the amount, like we all do. But I got involved. I started digging online. That's where I found bigger pockets. I was like trying to figure out what kind of flooring do you put in a new rental? Those kind right. of things, just doing the Google search. And that's, by the way, that's how people find Boise Reen right. today and found bigger pockets. And then this was a big one for me. I attended 
a Bigger Pocket Summit, the very first Bigger Pocket Summit. Right. 2012. Okay. Josh Dorkin was the founder, sole employee at that time, I believe. Yep. Putting on this conference for 300 people. Wow. Like a little kid over his head in a great way. I yeah. admire yeah. him yeah. tremendously. And I remember him being at that conference and being exhausted. Yeah. But yet look, looking around and seeing the people that he affected. Yeah and impacted for their financial futures. I right. knew he was onto something huge. And it's funny because even now, the market is dicey. Things are different. Everybody's talking about the new real estate market. Mm -hmm. But back then, 2012, you had 300 people at a conference excited. So real estate's never truly out of fashion. It's right. It g does go through popular cycles where in 21, that's all anybody talked about was real estate. Mm -hmm. Now there's less people talking about it, but it doesn't mean that nobody's doing it, that people are on the sidelines. When you came away from that conference, what happened to your real estate journey after that? When I was at the Bigger Pocket Summit, a couple things happened not only after the summit, but at the summit that were pivotal that happened in my real estate journey. So the first thing was I was in a room with, I still remember, his name is Jeff, the bald guy. If okay. you happen to, maybe he listens to your podcast. No, maybe he's, not. He's out of San Diego. Uh-huh. And he was speaking and he was talking to the audience about Boise, Idaho and the future of Boise, Idaho. And he's, if you all haven't heard of Boise, Idaho, trust me, you're going to in five years. Yeah. And everyone's looking around like, Boise? And they're writing yeah. it down on their notebook. And I look around and lo and behold, I think I was the only person from Idaho at that conference. And that still is something you can brag about in most conferences today is being the only person from Boise, <laughs> I know. right? Or Iowa, they uh, think. I Iowa, yeah. <laughs> so when you're looking at that and you're seeing these 300 excited people, mm -hmm. you're the only one in what he is calling the hottest market. Yeah. That was an inkling. Did that just stir something? Oh, that that's that thing. That's that inkling I'm right. talking about where things just, something's going to change. Yeah. And I went immediately to that. I should get my license. That's where I went to. So, and I went home and I, I gave notice to my school. To <laughs> I wouldn't be back the next year. And I signed up for real estate school. So now you're getting your license. Yes. What has shifted from John of the buyer to uh -huh. now John is going to make a career out of not only buying more properties for herself, but helping other people buy and sell. What's that mindset? So, so when I shifted my mindset from real, just buying my own properties and investing in my own properties to becoming an agent and serving others, I actually screwed up a lot because I was just coming from the investor mindset. All of a sudden I was talking to buyers that didn't really care about right. the numbers. Right. And so it was that shift between the, the primary home buyer and the investor. Yeah. And so ultimately I wound up working mainly with investors my first year, Yeah, because I think you attract who you are. And I had that same problem when I had my license was I was talking to people like they were in one category and they weren't. And, and you've got yeah. that shift where you go, here's what I have. Here's the three things that you yeah. said you liked. Which one of these are we writing an offer on? And then assisting with that instead of running the peanut gallery commentary of right. we should do this or you should, no, it's too high. Let them do what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And that's a patience builder. I talk in people so out of ways. transactions. I, I've like, done the same. Okay. I've done the we're same. The, we're teachers and we're mentors. We, we, we want the numbers to. And wanting that for someone, you talk them out of the deal and then they're sitting there. You probably had this look. So we're not buying it, right? This The buyer is looking at you going, so we're not buying it. Like, I thought we were here to buy something. We're not going to buy something. We're not going to buy this one. And yet you're teaching yourself as well how to go from 
the investor mindset to the mm -hmm. customer service mindset. Yeah. What was that mindset shift like? I did just like we have to do training on really how to learn how to invest in real estate. I invested in invested in a coach, in a mm -hmm. coach. I invested in trainings. I went to seminars and conferences mm -hmm. for how to sell real estate. I took luxury institute training. I had to spend a concerted amount of time and money to change that mindset so that I could shift into that role. And I find that a lot of people will think nothing of getting a four-year degree. Right. But then they come into the world of real estate, something that is oddly foreign, and they don't do any additional training. They don't look at how to generate leads. They don't look at how to cultivate a following. They, they don't do the kind of right. things. How important is coaching to you? Oh, it's huge. And then not to say I've had a coach every minute of my day of my career. I have not. But I did have, I think it was three solid years where I had a one-on-one -on -one coach yeah. where we met weekly. And as well as I do, it's not all about them just telling you what to do. It's hearing yourself talk out loud and framing the questions and role-playing and scripts and really having that sounding board and accountability. That's the, and the accountability piece is huge, right? It's absolutely Because huge. once you've yeah. said something and somebody else heard you say it, something else happens and you've got to now do it. What do you think the ROI was on the coaching that you invested in? When I look back at my return of the time and the money that I invested in coaching, I have no question that it not only doubled my business, but probably 10x my business when I look at it cumulatively. And you were smart enough to do that early on. Early on, probably before they said that it was smart, actually. Yeah. So we're talking 13, <laughs> I'm talking, 14, I'm talking 15. I'm talking maybe two years into my career so as an agent. So 2015. So when you take and you 10x a business yeah. and then you run that business for the next eight years, mm -hmm. That's more than 10x. Right? Yeah, because, you know, that three years, and then I look at the, the timeline for several yeah. years after and been able to grow a team. So, of course, there's leverage there. And just the more successful you are, the more successful clients you attract and the more investors that do repeat business. Right. And it just moved from there. It just continues to grow. And it's, just been, it's just about consistency. Yeah. So when you're looking at the Jonna Weber enterprise that you've managed to create and the relationships and all of that. How are you now leveraging those relationships in the community? I'm leveraging relationships in the community in a number of different ways. First of all, I absolutely love Boise. I know we share that. We've been here a long time. We've been here a long time. I'm not going to say how long. I, I moved here as a young adult and my mom grew up in Caldwell. We have three generations deep in Idaho. So it's like, it's home. Yeah. And I think there's something really authentic. I, I applaud everyone that's come in and got licensed over the last two years that's come in from out of state and so forth. Right. But I think there's something special about developing relationships when you truly are grounded in a community. Yeah. And what we've been able to do over the last several years is not only to cultivate friendships and relationships with past clients, but we've really done some things where we've taken the investor community to the next level here, which has been extremely gratifying. And you've spent a lot of time focused on developing community. Tell me about that. As far as developing community, there's the professional perspective and the personal perspective. As a mom and family, raising a family here, I've developed community through our local school systems. And now my daughter, she's our third generation vandal at U of I. And we have definitely our communities through our families, which has been really gratifying. Right. And then our real estate family and then our investor family. And 
I think what's really important in this business, in any business, but particularly in real estate community, is developing true relationships because you never know who you're going to do that deal with right. or who you're going to have across the table right. on the other side you're negotiating with. And I love negotiating. But I love it when I already have a relationship with that agent or yeah. in some cases that other investor yep. and you're coming together and there's that trust there and it's so huge and eliminates so much of the stress. I remember you and I talking in the froth of 2020 mm -hmm. and I was asking you, how are you getting so many deals done when a lot of people aren't? Do you remember what you told me? I do not remember what I told you. <laughs> what you told me was it was these relationships that when you were presenting offers and you knew the other realtor on the other side, right. it was very likely you were going to get that transaction done. We do everything in our power for our clients right? to do that, yeah. And so you saw the power of that relationship. And Boise still, it's a large community now, but it's still not really a city like when you think of Los Angeles and stuff. How are you still leveraging those relationships to continue to empower the investor community? Leveraging relationships through really bringing people together, I yeah. think, is the biggest example that I can point to. I've always loved bringing people together. That's a common theme in my life. I started out as a corporate event planner and meeting planner, and I did it specifically for the thrill of having people experience things together that they couldn't otherwise experience on their own. Mm -hmm. And that's been a common theme, yeah. even whether it's my client appreciation events, whether it's bringing together a bunch of investors, which we've been doing since 2014 around here. Right. There's something special. And I think now it's more important than ever since people were denied it for a couple of years. Right. So when you're looking at some of the things that you saw on a national level, mm -hmm. some of these conferences you're going to, what catalyzed you to bring those back to Boise? When I look at pivotal parts in my life, some of the most game-changing thoughts that I've had have been at other conferences, not just in Boise, but around the country. Right. And so I'm answering this in a roundabout way, but I think when you are placed out of your current environment and you go push yourself to go somewhere, even if you feel like you have no business being there, I think sometimes that's a sign you should go. Absolutely. 100%. I was I was teaching school during a period of time and I chose to go to a couple of conferences, business, high-level business conferences, where I really had no business being there. I had no business. Yeah. And I just went and I showed up like a fly on the wall and I just listened. And yeah. some of the biggest thought leaders, one in particular I went to was down in Austin. It was called the Capitalism Conference several years ago. It was Gary Vee and Pat Flynn and the founder of Priceline. Okay. Just some small names right. hanging out. Guys you probably haven't heard of. Hanging out there. And those were some of the most giving people. A couple of them in particular stand out. It's just people that would stand in the hallway and let people just ask them questions until midnight. And yeah. I was in such admiration. But I wasn't thinking. Once I got there and got involved and you get in proximity with these people, you realize they're just people, right? Right, And I, right. for me, that's a huge, and I don't know if anyone else relates to that, but it makes you think, why not me? To, to and don't we all, to some degree, success. deal with a little bit of imposter syndrome? Oh my gosh, right? every day. I could never be very Gary Vee. Actually, if I did exactly what he has done, I could totally be Gary Vee, right? right. Or Pat Flynn, right. or Brian yeah. Buffini, or yeah. any of these other guys. Yeah. But it's that 
imposter syndrome that so often holds us yeah. back that tells us you can't possibly do that. And you don't have imposter syndrome sometimes still, do you? Oh, <laughs> never. Guys, every day, really. Almost. Not, I wouldn't say every day, but there, there's days where you wake up and you think, oh my gosh, I got to put it on again. I got to put on the shoes, get it and get out there and do the march. And most days, I think we all, we don't feel like it seven 100%. days a week, but you just do it. Yeah. And it gets easier and it gets easier. Because you've got a track record of solving problems. Mm -hmm. Maybe not that problem. Right. Yeah. Maybe not that level of seller yeah. pushback. But you've done something similar before. And so you're, you're building on that experience. But now you're also taking that to a level that you're sharing those building blocks you've walked through. Oh, yeah. Yes, people shared that with me, too. Like people, you're going to go so much quicker down the lane if you're following people that have already been there. Right. That's so trite, but right. people don't. I talk on the agent front. I talk to newer agents every day of the week that want help, right? right. But they're not paying attention to the basics of what have made others, including myself, successful. Because everyone, and I think I see this a lot in real estate investing, like, I'm going to go do it my own way. Right. I've created this new right. concept that's right. so cool. Yeah. And I'm going to do yeah. what nobody else did. Right. Guys, you're making it so much harder on yourselves. Right. And the reality is you can. That's the beauty of real estate. Yeah. But then you'll figure out why everybody else is over here on Main Street. So when you're looking at some of the mistakes you've made, the journey that you've been on, the coaching that you've been on, what created the desire with those things implemented mm -hmm. for you to create your own community here. Decided to create our own community for investors here in Boise on a very slow journey and then something sped up the last 12 months. The way that this Boise investor community started was I got back from a Bigger Pockets conference right. back in the day and decided that there weren't really investor meetups that I knew about at the time as a newbie investor really that I could participate in or that were happening. So I decided to put a post on Bigger Pocket saying we're having a meetup at uh, I think we were at a uh, oh, little pub downtown, mm -hmm. and I think five of us showed up. Yep. and there it started. Yeah, <laughs> we just started this community on a very slow level. So growing that community from five uh -huh. to we have four thousand currently, two thousand twenty-three in our Facebook community. So growing that community from five to four thousand has been its own journey. It has. Tell me about that. Yeah. It started out extremely organically, like I mentioned. We started out very small with the Boise investor community, and we started with the, a small quarterly meetups. And then around 2014, I believe it was, I thought maybe rather than just joining all these other Facebook communities, we should start. I didn't see anything about Boise investors. Mm -hmm. So we started a Facebook page, and I was the first member, myself and my assistant at the time, and just let it grow on its own organically really for several years until a couple of years ago, it started gathering a little bit of momentum where I had to hire someone to moderate and mm -hmm. it's grown from there. And about a year ago, I went to the point, where's this going to go? I'm constantly connecting people through the site that don't right. have each other's contact information, are trying to connect. I'm trying to get people to hold meetups. We're trying to create a solution to the demands or the requests that people in the investor community are having. And that's when it really hit me that this truly was more than just a Facebook group. 
this is a network that needed to be cultivated and created here throughout the Treasure Valley. As you've taken that from a Facebook group to a network and now being also focused on in-person events, mm -hmm. what have you seen that's done to the caliber of the people involved? Oh, the caliber of people in the Boise Rain community is something I am so excited about and something like I've never seen. There are so many cool, intelligent, brilliant, funny people involved in this community. And part of the biggest joy of having in-person events and being able to connect beyond the Facebook page is seeing them get to meet each other. Because right. I've got to know several of them on a separate basis, but when they met, and I think of several instances where people met each other and now they're connecting, they're doing deals together, they are in community together, they're doing goal setting. I know you've been involved in that, Shannon. And I've been involved with Ryan. Ryan Weimer? Weimer. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we did not know each other by reputation or anything until really? your meetup and then we, yeah, we've been collaborating on a couple things. We've that's been in guy. contact almost on a bi-weekly basis, which for somebody that's overseas, that's a lot. It is. <laughs> yeah. And so if people don't know Ryan, they definitely need to follow him. Yeah. But that's another example. So we have Ryan Weimer who came mm -hmm. and spoke at our last uh, in-person event. He lives in London. He operates a fantastic real estate investing business right here in Boise. Yeah. So people are involved from around the world because, of course, we're networked right. online. Yeah. And so... As you see this growing, what is the future of Boise Green? As far as the future of Boise Green, I have big visions. I, I want everyone that's involved in investing in some shape or fashion in the Treasure Valley area or lives outside of the area and investing in Treasure Valley, they should be a part of our network and connected. Truly agree. If they want to be in the know of what's really happening with the investor market here and want those relationships, it's a, I think it's a game changer. And one of the things that I've seen is where somebody poses a question, like you did with Bigger Pockets. You've really created yeah. a mini version of Bigger Pockets. Somebody was posing a question about where's a good place to get flooring. Right. What's a good lender? I see all kinds of questions being posed. What's the goal for all of that? The goal for what we have going on in the real estate forums is to be able to be an incredible resource to so many people in the Valley. Because I think particularly in an economy like we're in right now, there is an opportunity for having bad experiences and people getting taken. And I think having those resources with vetted people that other seasoned investors have actually utilized when it comes to vendors, for example, or lenders right. that people have utilized, there's it's huge. And it can shorten that learning curve for someone yeah. coming into the investing community. As you're creating that environment where people have done deals, they've connected through Boise Reen, they've done deals, there's experience there, and it's able to pass that on. Now you've got your network and the person you just did a deal with's network mm -hmm. that are all looking at what you guys just did. That's what's causing some of the exponential growth in Boise Reed. At Boise Reed, we've seen so much power in the community of people not only just meeting someone, having a good time and having an experience of a good deal through that experience, but you've got this network of people, this other person's network of people, and the opportunity for growth and expansion of one's real estate portfolio just exponentially explodes. Yeah. There's the potential for that, and I've seen it happen. And then it grows the Boise Green as well. So the community gets bigger based on the experiences that are had, based on the validation of the reputation of people and being in a known environment. So what can we expect out of Boise Green in the next couple of months? 
Boise Arena is on an incredible exponential growth uh, trajectory right now. We are excited, we're leaned in, and we want to serve the investors of Boise like never before. So in light of that, we've created a brand new website called boisereen.com. Encourage anyone to go check it out. Not only can they join the Facebook community out there, but we also have a membership that is ready to go where we're going to provide a more in-depth experience for investors that want to come together and be a true part of this community and grow together. So boisereen.com. Yes. is where they can go to find out more information about what's happening in the investor community right here in the Treasure Valley. It's also a place you can connect and network with other like-minded individuals, whether you're in short-term rental, long-term rental, buy and hold, fix and flip. Who else is in there? We've got everybody in there. We do. We have incredible vendors, suppliers. It's a one-stop shop. If you are investing, or even if you're in real estate in the Treasure Valley, we have hundreds of realtors in the group, which I right. love. We're learning from one another. Right. And it's really all-encompassing. You're going to find your people at Boise Reen if you're any what interested in the investor real estate space here. So as you've watched the Boise Reen community grow, have you seen mentorships come out of that? Have you seen people working with, you mentioned the Gary V's standing in the hallway till midnight. Are you seeing that kind of an environment in Boise Reen? What I'm seeing at Boise Reen right now is this unique experience where experienced investors are there alongside new investors and new agents and those that just are trying to learn the market. And there's this neat collaboration that I'm seeing of those that are willing to mentor, help, and lift up faster those that come before them. And I'm just thrilled to be part of that community. And I should mention a lot of this came out of throughout my real estate career as an agent and investor and I know you share this too, Shannon, You're const we constantly have people that are wanting to learn, wanting to grow, wanting to buy you coffee, having five minutes of your time, which is awesome. Unfortunately, there's 24 hours in a day. Correct. And for those people, we finally have an answer. Right. We have an answer for them to go and get all the resources, not just what can be talked from New York City, but locally yeah. in our market and current so that they can take that information and apply it right away if they choose to. So Boise Reen is really an incubator space. Boise Reen is really an incubator, bringing together all sectors of investors, including those that are new to the space and trying to learn as quickly as possible. And there's something that happens that's very special when you have this mix of different sectors of investing and different levels of investing experience that rises all ships. Yep. And it's been really fun to see even at this early stage. So this is where you're bringing all three pieces of your life, the event planner, the teacher, and the investor together in one group. This has been an opportunity to look back my entire career, my adulthood, and it's a, really a culmination of the things that I personally enjoy in my career the most and being able to meld those together to give back to our community. It's, it's really fun for me. I love it. I love teaching. I love the event experience. The biggest thing that has really hit me is that as I talk to hundreds of different investors, there's all kinds of different levels of what's considered a success. And for me, if that investor invests in two rental properties over the course of their lifetime, and that makes a meaningful difference of them never having to rely on social security or even much of their 401k for the rest of their retirement life, to me, that's a win. Absolutely. And I celebrate that. And we're also gonna celebrate the investor 
hotshot that does 200 deals a year. It's a crazy mix that I haven't seen very often in investor circles, but I think that's what makes it so dynamic and so inspiring. Thanks for listening. I hope you found tons of value in this show. It would help us a lot if you could rate and leave us a five-star review as we continue our mission to help others just like you in their real estate journey. Thank you, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Robnet's Real Estate Rundown.